Okay, so guys, we're doing Old Testament survey. And so we've gotten up to chapter 11 of Genesis. So we're into lesson 8 now. And we're going to see now that the really the book shifts its focus. Up into chapter 11, we've seen, you know, creation, man, the fall, wickedness of man, the flood, the reestablishment of man after the flood, the, the, the creation of the nations. Now the book shifts to where it's going to focus on one guy. And the reason why is because out of that one guy comes Israel later on. Because really, to be honest with you folks, that's what the Old Testament is about. It's about God, his people, Israel, and the Messiah. And so we're going to start looking at Abraham, then we're going to go off into Isaac, of course into Jacob, and then Joseph. When we get to the other books, I'll just be honest with you, we'll go through it a little bit quicker. Like, we're not going to spend ten weeks on Leviticus, folks. Okay? Okay? But we are going to maybe spend a lesson or two just covering major things that you should know about that book. But we are going to spend four weeks on Abraham. And the reason why is there's a lot of material there. And you need to know that material because some of the things that happen in Abraham's life have a direct implication on what happens to Israel later on. Even to this day, for instance, we know that Abraham had a son. His name was who? Isaac, right? But that's not Abraham's only son. He had another son. Anybody know what his name was? Ishmael. And who is Ishmael? Well, the Muslims would say he's the, he's the father of the Arabs. Did you understand? And that has implications for today, right? Isn't that what you saw on the news? You know? When you turn on the news every day, always a report about what? The conflict between the Arabs and who? Israel. Okay? So, all of this has implications and I think we really need to go through it and we'll see what's going on here, okay? So let's take a look. We're, again, we're not going to read through this because we're going through two and a half chapters here, okay? Unless we need to, we won't read through it, but we're just basically doing a survey, so we're going to go through this together. So let's start off. First of all, when we talk about Abraham, it always starts off with his father, Terah, Okay? His father, Terah. So Terah was a descendant of Shem. Now Shem, remember, was the one of the sons of Noah who lived in Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, if you look in your notes, I think it's on the second page, you will see a map there. I made you a map. And if you look, there's all the way down... Uh, in what would be today modern-day Iraq, Ur of the Chaldees would be along the Euphrates River there towards the Persian Gulf, okay? Towards the Persian Gulf. So it's not where Babylon is, 
Okay, so let me just say that this is not where Babylon is. But this is its own ancient city in Mesopotamia. Okay? And that is where Terah, that is Abraham's father, and his family came from. So I, one of the other scriptures mentions later that they were, are you ready for this, moon worshipers. Okay? So Abraham was raised in a home that wasn't a God-fearing family, but he was raised in a home where they worshipped the deity of Ur of the Chaldees, which would have been a moon god. Okay? A moon god. All right? So just want to let you know that, because that's going to be significant here when we talk about the call of Abraham. I'll explain that in a little bit. Okay? So he's a descendant of Shem who lived in the Ur of Chaldeans. Now, Terah had three sons, Abram, and here the first part of Genesis refers to him as Abram, and there's a reason for that, Nahor, and Haran, who is the father of Lot, okay? Haran is the father of Lot. So, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now, um, Haran would later die. So you're not going to see him mentioned much anymore. You're just going to be see the name Lot, okay? But that's, he's, Lot is uh, Abram's nephew through his brother, Haran. Now, if you notice there, I've given you some historical notes there on all of these people in these places. You can read them on your own, okay? So Abram took his half his took as his wife his half sister Sarai, who was barren and without child. Now immediately somebody's going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on here, George! That's illegal. Taking your half sister—that's against God's word. Didn't it say in the law that they were to stop doing that?" And yes, it does say that in the law, but the law is not going to come until 400 years later. Remember now, it would probably was a common practice to take a sibling as your spouse. Where would that start? Well, it started with Adam and Eve. When they have children, if man's going to multiply, you got to marry who? Your sibling. And of course, it would continue on with Noah. Do you understand? Noah and his sons and their wives, if man is going to spread out and multiply, you would probably end up marrying who? Somebody close in relationship. Now, by the time of Moses, they put a stop to that. Why? Well, genetics would say that eventually what ends up happening is is you have problems with people when they're born that way. What kind of problem? Genetic problems. Uh, we used to talk about it, but usually... You know, if you marry a cousin, you might have retarded kids. I know you can't say retarded anymore, but we used to say that years ago, remember? You heard those kind of things. It would be birth defects and so forth. So Abraham took as his wife his half-sister Sarah. Now, we know from the scripture in Genesis that she's 10 years younger than Abram. Okay? She's 10 years younger. All right? Now, Terah, his sons, and their families journeyed and dwelt in Haran. Now, 
if you look at your map, Haran is in the northwest area from Ur of Chaldees. It would be in an area where we have today modern-day Syria. Okay? So what they would do is, is they would follow the Fertile Crescent. That's what it's called. They wouldn't go across the desert to a place. They would follow where water is. So they would follow the rivers, either the Tigris or the Euphrates, up to, and they settled, Abram's father, Terah, settled in Haran. Okay? And so that's what you're going to see there in the map. You see that white line where they go, they just kind of follow the river right up, and they go to Haran, which is in what we would call modern-day Syria today. Okay? So, and I, and, I, and I have it right here on the map, okay? Now, over here is Canaan, the promised land, what we would call Israel today, or some people would call Palestine. Now, as always, nobody crosses, I don't know of any army that ever came from there, even as later on when the Babylonians attack Israel, they don't cross this desert to get there. Do you understand? Nobody crosses the desert. They always go to the north and come down. Go to the north and come down. Okay? And you're going to see that throughout the Old Testament, especially when you talk about the Babylonians. Always to the north and coming down. Alright? So, <clears throat> chapter 12 then, we get to chapter 12, verses 1 to 9, and we talk about the call of Abraham, or the call of Abram. Okay? So if look with me at chapter 9. I will read these nine verses to you. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy-five years old when, when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. Then he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going still towards the south. Okay, so let's take a look. We're just going to stop there for right now, all right? And take a look at what was going on here. So the Lord told Abram to leave his family and go to a land that he will show him. Right, now that just seems like a pretty plain statement, but I want you to think about it for a moment. Is he asking Abram to do something easy, or is it difficult? Well, 
Okay, so uh, Tim's saying that's pretty difficult because he's basically saying, get away from your family, you know, leave your family. Okay, anybody else? Any other thought there? Yeah, Sue says he doesn't know where he's going. Remember, he's from Ur of the Chaldees. He's gone to Haran, maybe lived in Haran now a few years. He's 75 by the time he leaves. And he's told to uproot and go to a land I'm showing you to. It's not like you can pull Google Maps up and say, what's it look like there? Can you give me a satellite view? What's the houses? You know what I'm saying? Where is the McDonald's? Do you know what I'm saying? You know, that's not happening there. All right? Hey, check out the website. See what the town's like we're going to. You know? that That's not the way it was back then. So this would be, would you say it's a difficult decision? Yeah, it's a pretty difficult decision here. Okay? So the Lord told Abram that he would be a great nation and have a great name. Abram, you're going to be a great nation. You do what I'm telling you, you're going to be a great nation. You're going to have a great name. Now, I think, yes, the Lord is t- prophesying here what's going to happen with Abram, but I think that would also be an encouragement to Abram to do what? To do what God's telling him to do. Because again, you know what? Uprooting yourself from your family and going to the other side of what would, to them would be the world, that's a big decision. Like, why in the world would you do that? You know what I'm saying? And so God's saying to them, Abram, you're going to be, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. Okay? The Lord said to Abram, he will bless Abram, and and the world will be blessed through him. Now, this is a powerful statement, because this statement is later mentioned in the New Testament by Paul. Now, how how does how is the world going to be blessed through Abraham? I mean, he lived four thousand years ago. How's Abraham a blessing to the world? Yeah, through Jesus, because from his seed ultimately will arise who Jesus, who would then provide salvation not only to the Jews but to who folks to the world. Okay. To the rest of us. So Abram was 75 years old when he departed from his family in Haran. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to be honest with you. That, to me, is significant. That just tells you how difficult it is. When you're a young person, you're ready to take on the world. That, let me go. This is going to be cool. But as you get older, I don't know about you, but I don't like change. And I like my house with my bed and, do you know what I'm saying, with my pillow. And I, the concept of moving now, that doesn't have any appeal. Does that to you guys? Do you guys want to move? Someplace warm. Why? Is it cold in here for you, Bruce? Is it cold in here? Oh, you mean like go to Florida? Yeah, for winter. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, but you know what? Even if you went there for winter, you'd want to come back and hunt. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from his family in Haran. 
Now, um, I want you to see his obedience now. Abram took Sarai, Lot with all their possessions, as they departed for Canaan. So here's who he took with him. Now, it's significant that he's going to take Lot with him. We'll talk about that later, because Lot has a part in the story later. Okay? So Abram took Sarai and Lot with all their possessions as they departed for Canaan. Now, the first place he stops at is Shechem. And he built an altar after the Lord appeared and promised to give the land to his descendants. All right, now, I need you to grasp what's going on here. When the text says the Lord appeared to him, what does that mean? What's the simplistic meaning? God God showed up and talked to him. That would be an awesome thing, wouldn't it? And he shows up and says to him, Abram, I'm giving you everything you see. Look at how Abram responds. He builds an altar to the Lord. Now what now when they build an altar to the Lord, what do they do with the altar? They make sacrifices, right? He's worshiping God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's worshiping God here with his sacrifices. So now we get to where he goes to Egypt. And this is where you know what? At, up to this point, we're thinking, boy, Abram must be a pretty sharp guy for God to choose him. Right? When you say that? Must be a pretty sharp guy. Well, we're going to see his humanness here in a moment. Okay? Because he wasn't the greatest husband. All right? So, he ends up going to the south to Egypt. Now, again, if you look at your map, you'll see where he went to Haran, came down the Fertile Crescent, and uh, goes over to Egypt. All right? So fearing for his life, Abram has Sarai identify herself as his sister. So he's getting ready to go among the Egyptians, which is like the, it's just like the empire at the time. Okay? And so he's scared for his life because in those days, if you saw a woman, you just took her. And if she was married, you got rid of her husband. Okay? So Abram decides, you know, we're going into this foreign place here. I got to be taken care of here. I want to make sure that they don't kill me because you are Miss Universe. Whatever their Miss Universe was back then. She must have been a beautiful woman. Okay? Whatever a beautiful woman was back in Mesopotamia at that time, okay, 4,000 years ago, all right? So he decides, you tell everybody, you're my sister. Now let's stop for a moment. Is that a lie? Kind of. It's a half-truth. We use half-truths, right? We don't tell everybody everything because they don't need to know everything because if we told them everything, then it would be a bigger problem. Well... She's my sister, but I'm not telling you that she's my wife. Now think about poor Sarah in this, okay? Well, it gets worse. It gets worse, guys. Because of her beauty, Pharaoh took Sarah, Sarah into his household 
and blessed Abram materially. So, obviously, they must have been strolling by the Nile or something, and Pharaoh sees her, or his attendants see her, and say, whoa, wait a minute, whoa, wow, look at that girl, and, you know, and that's her brother, and, you know, we could, maybe for an alliance or something, he takes Sarai into his household. And guess what happens with Abram? Hey, you're the brother. Hey, you're going to be the, you're going to be Pharaoh's brother-in-law now. Hey, here's some money or here's some goods or here's some servants. Okay. So he's blessed materially. That's how their culture ran. The Lord confronts Pharaoh by plaguing his household. Now let's stop for a moment. Remember, God said to Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and through you, the world will be blessed. Now, do you think God's got a plan for Abram? Okay, God's got a plan for Abram. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, is Abram lets his wife get into a situation that could mess up that plan. Do you understand? That could mess up that plan. Now, is God going to let that happen? Great point to great grasp here, isn't it? God doesn't let anything happen to his plan, does he? Nobody can mess up God's plan. So here's what God does. God confronts Pharaoh and plagues his household. Plagues his household. I mean, this is serious. So, Pharaoh confronts Abram and sends him and Sarah away with their possessions. So here, here's what happens. Pharaoh, do you think he's scared? If God, God showed up in your dream and said, you know what, I'm going to kill you. If you touch that woman, you're going to be like, out of here, get out of here. So what does he do? He rebukes. He's not going to touch Abram because he knows God's with Abram. He rebukes Abram and what? Sends him away. And lets him keep all the stuff that he gathered there. Now, it's significant because while they're in Egypt, they do pick up some things. And they end up picking up some servants. And we'll find out about those servants later on. Okay? Later on. So, that's their sojourn in um Egypt. So they go back to Canaan. The scripture tells us now in chapter 13, we're up to chapter 13 now, verses 1 to 18, and this is where we're going to finish up our time and then I'll answer your questions. <clears throat> because they're gathering a lot of stuff, these are nomads, okay? I want you to understand, basically, Abram and Lot are what they would call today Bedouin. That is, they have animals, probably goats and cattle, and they move from place to place and they live in tents. Now, both of them obviously are gathering a lot of stuff. They obviously were blessed when they were down in Egypt and now they're coming back and that creates a problem and it creates a difficulty between the two of them, okay? A difficulty between the two of them. So in verses 1 to 7, we're not going to read those, but you're going to see that there was a quarrel. The, the workers or the servants of Abraham quarreled with 
the servants of Lot. Why? Over water. If you've got animals, you need to have what, folks? Water and what? Grass. Okay? So the resources of the land couldn't handle the both of them. All right, so Abram returned to Canaan from Egypt, and he was materially rich. Okay? Abram was materially rich. God has blessed him, isn't he? He is blessing him materially. Lot's herdsmen quarreled with Abram's herdsmen over the scarce land resources. Now, see, there's another problem that's going on. There's just not enough for, for he and Lot. There's also the problem that in the land they're at, they're strangers. And so the Canaanites are there. And, and do the Canaanites have cattle? Do they have herdsmen? Are they using the same resources? By the way, who owns those resources? The Canaanites. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's there's a struggle going on here. To maintain the peace among them. This is a great attitude from Abraham. Abram. I keep wanting to say Abraham because that's what he becomes. But to maintain the peace among them, Abram proposed that he and Lot separate. I mean, he's go, he goes to him and say, look, you decide where you want to go and I'll go in the other direction. Because they've got a big area to go through. They don't have to hang out together. Okay? So, Lot, Abram gave Lot the first choice of where he wanted to go. I already mentioned that to you. First choice, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? That, can I be honest with you? What do you say, what does that say about Abram? I mean, first of all, who should have had the first choice? Abram should have. Why? Because he's the elder. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lot is his nephew. You know, he could have said, you know what, hey, uh, you know what, Lot, I'm going to go over here and uh, things look really good over there. A lot of water, green grass, a lot of trees to hang under. It's going to be cool. I'm taking this section over here. Uh, I think you can make do with what's over there. He could have done that. He could have done that. Culturally, it would have been acceptable. But what does Abram do? Abram lets Lot have the first choice. What does that say to you about Abram? What does that say to you? Yeah, he's humbling himself. He's a humble man. Okay, did you hear what Bruce said? Bruce said, he thinks it also says that Abram trusted God because he knew that wherever he went, God was going to bless him. Because isn't that true? God blessed him wherever he went. I mean, he went down to Egypt. Even in, this is, hey, let's stop for a moment. All right, we didn't talk about this too much, but can we talk about it now for a moment? That was a schmuck thing to do. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Letting your wife be taken by somebody else as his wife and and you're okay because the money cash is flowing in? I mean... But doesn't tell us what the aim again was. It just tells you that that was a schmuck thing to do, right? I mean, seriously, okay? That's not a cool thing to do. But even though he's not doing right, God's still blessing him. Okay? Gene, you look perplexed. 
Yes, they did what they thought was the right thing at time, but the scripture very clearly tells us, because this didn't just happen one time, it happened two times with Abram, it also happens one time with Isaac. And in each and every one of the situations, people were put in danger by this action. Do you understand what I'm saying? The plan of God was threatened. The people who took Sarah, Sarai, and then later Rebecca were threatened with death by God. Okay? And, uh, and then Abram gets rebuked because according to their customs in that day, what he did was wrong. I mean, he was, it was acknowledged right off the bat. Hey, dude, what you did was wrong. You know what I'm saying? You may have been trying to protect your life, but what you did was wrong. Yes, Dottie. Because he was afraid in their customs. Okay, so let's say Lori and I moved to Egypt at that time, and somebody says, what's she doing with that old dude? She should be better off with me, and they kill me and take her. Do you understand? Women did not have the rights that we have right now. Women were in a lot of ways, and they are still in a lot of places in the world, like what? Property. Gene says cattle. Okay? You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously, they were like property. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and that's the way you'll see that a lot. How women are treated in the Old Testament is not necessarily good. This is not a good thing here. Do you understand? He's not doing a good thing here. And God intervenes. You know, you know what I'm saying? In fact, we're going to see there's a king by the name of Abimelech who's told, you touch her, you die, God says to him. Whoa! It's that serious. So nobody, so I guess what I'm saying, Gene, I don't think anybody in history has ever said that he did right here. He didn't do right. I can see why he did it. It's a human thing to do it, right? Yeah, it's a moment of weakness. Looking out for his own skin. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, we can understand. All right, so Abram gave Lot the first choice of where he wanted to go. So Lot selected the plain of Jordan, for it was well-watered lands and dwelt among the cities. So he dwelt among the cities of the cities of the plain. Now, if you look at your map, let me just kind of show you where the cities of the plain are. If you go back to your map, that's over to the east of Hebron there. Okay, it's down in that area there, because that area now known is that, as the Dead Sea area. And it's not well watered anymore. And we're going to find out why later. Okay, what happens. All right? So, The Lord told Abram to look around him because his descendants will receive this land. So God comes to him and says, Abram, I know you did this. You told you told Lot where to, he could go wherever you wanted. But look, I'm with you, buddy, and I want you to look around. Look to the north. Look, look. Everything you see, I'm giving to your descendants. I'm giving to your descendants. Okay? All right, let me just stop for a moment. I think I need to make one point. 
people are like, what in the world's going on in the Middle East? Why, why are the why are the Israelis building settlements in Palestinian property? What what what's what's motivating? Why would they do that? This right here. Because they believe that God gave them that land. Period. Yeah, maybe it's Palestinian territory, but they believe they can set... I mean, you talk to them, that's what they say. See, it goes all the way back to this book, folks. All the way back to this book. Alright? So the Lord told Abram that his descendants will be beyond number as the dust of the earth. Now, that's pretty significant, wouldn't you? I, you if you say sand, we would say, well, that's pretty a lot, grain of sand. But dust, that's even more minute and more. I mean, wow, you know, dust. You're going to be like the dust of the earth in number. That's tremendous, isn't it? Abram settled in Hebron and built an altar to the Lord there. Abram settled in Hebron and built an altar to the Lord there. 